Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula who is expecting my first baby this September. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of What the Bump. We have Betty Flores back from episode 50 of the podcast. So if you have not gone back and listened to episode 50, you need to. That is where she tells her first unmedicated hospital birth story. It's probably about five weeks back on the podcast at the point that this podcast is airing, but Betty just had her second baby girl three days ago and she's super mom. So I'd expect nothing less than for her to already be back on the podcast, ready to share her story. But thank you for coming back, Betty. I'm so excited to hear this birth story. Yes. Thank you for having me again. I'm excited to be here. And I don't know if I would call myself superwoman, but <laughs> maybe sleeping. So we're going to do it now before kind of she adapts to the world and decides to change. <laughs> well, I, I would probably refer to you as somewhat of a superwoman. I mean, <laughs> so Tell me about finding out you're pregnant this second time. I don't really know. Honestly, I can't remember what all we touched in depth with, with in the last episode with your, what would have been at that time, your current pregnancy, but tell me about just finding out you were pregnant with, with Danny. So I had an IUD, um, and, um, we took it out and I got pregnant. I, I waited until I had a full menstrual cycle. That way it would be easier to track. Um, and then I had, yeah. And then I was pregnant right after, which was super surprising just because with Sienna, I hadn't been on birth control for like two years. So I was like, Oh, okay. It'll be easier, you know, to get pregnant then, but like being on, um, birth control again, you just never know. So yeah, we got pregnant, um, super quick. Um, and, I I can never wait to tell Josh that I'm pregnant. I always have this plan that I'm going to do something special and like wait or do something uh, exciting. And I take the test and I like run in there and I'm like, we're pregnant. Um, So yeah, that was, that was in like uh, July, I think. Okay. I, so quick, like I should have told you this earlier. I thought it was really funny. One of my friends texted me today because because Betty's first podcast with her first birth story just went up this past Monday. So a few days ago, one of my friends texted me this morning. She goes, Hey, like you mentioned you being pregnant in that podcast that you just aired. It already has like over a hundred something listens. And I'm like, well, I can't take it down now. Um, so thankfully the only, the only people who are actually actively hiding it from is my husband's family and they don't listen. So I'm like, whatever. I'll just get people can find out. But funny thing, I totally like meant to edit it out. I already had to go back through a couple podcasts and edit it out, but yeah, I did not. So I, and I was the same way when I found out I was pregnant this last time, I literally just took the test and then ran downstairs in my towel. My husband, and I was like, you see two lines? I see two lines. Like I, I always, am like, I'm going to tell them in such a cute way yes. friends who like have them open up like a box, the pregnancy test and a onesie. And I'm always like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to film it. And then the minute you get a positive, I just can't keep it to myself. <laughs> yes. That's how I am too. I'm like, wait, is this positive? This is positive. I got to tell them. <laughs> yeah. I always, I always say like, maybe next time I'm going to try, but I feel like, like try to wait and surprise him. I feel like I will never be able to. Yeah, no, I, I was able to surprise him and wait with like, um, the sex. So when we found out we we're having a little girl, I went out and like, got him a little gift and stuff. And Sienna like helped me like set it up and Aww. it was fun, but yeah, the whole pregnancy. No, yeah, it no. Was, like, that's, no a, that's just a big secret <laughs> to keep for even yeah. like an hour. I know. So tell me about your pregnancy with Danny in general. Did you, did you have any complications or um, any difficulties throughout it? 
So now I think I mentioned this in the, um, the first podcast, but I was, I had morning sickness for about like four or five weeks, I think, which was like half of what I had with Sienna. So I was super grateful. I did have like an iron deficiency. So like vitamins, um, any like iron supplements weren't really helping like raise those levels. So I did have to get an infusion. How did you feel after that? I don't, I know you told me you were getting the infusion and I don't think I ever touched bases with you and asked how you felt after. Yeah, I don't know. They said it would take about a week or so, but I I am like trying to think of when I got it and when I went into labor. (laughs) And I don't know. I didn't ever feel like super exhausted before. So I don't know. I don't know if it really truly made a difference. Maybe it did. Right. Okay. And that was, that was it regarding like complications or anything abnormal. All right. So going into this pregnancy, what was your birth plan? What did you do for birth preparation? Yeah. So we, um, birth plan was doing unmedicated again. I really just, um, enjoyed, I guess I'm, I'm like have anxiety and I'm a super control freak. So like being able to like get up and walk after labor and like shower and like move my legs, you know, was like, um, just the super incentivized and incent. Oh my gosh. Incentive. <laughs> yes. To do another unmedicated. <laughs> Yeah. And like, I'd seen my sister after an epidural and she could not get up and walk. And I'd seen like my sister-in-law who went unmedicated and she was able to, you know, to do everything that I just mentioned. And I was like, okay, like I cannot, like the ability of not having control over my body would like stress me out and like put myself in a, like an anxiety attack or panic attack. So that was really like the biggest like motivation, you know, was just like having that control over my body. We did like a Oh my gosh. It's like this balanced birth. Um, I don't know, couple on Instagram that we just found and they do kind of a wide variety, variety of like birth education, but they have one that's like kind of a, a re-up unmedicated. So just reviewing different coping skills and different things you can use. And that's what we use this time. And it really was a review of what we already knew, but just like, um, different positions you can use different like mantras or affirmations that your partner can do or say. So that was, I don't know. That was helpful, at least for me to kind of, as a reminder, I thought it was good. That's really all we prepped for. We were still going to do a hospital birth at the hospital that we went to last time um, and using the same midwife and provider. What did you do? I don't remember if, if you shared this on the last one, what did you do as far as like birth preparation? Um, as far as like, did you guys take any classes or things like that to prepare for an unmedicated birth the first time? I feel like more so even like thinking about me going for an unmedicated birth, I mean, being a labor and delivery nurse, I know a lot of the things like positions and and things like that and coping mechanisms, but my husband does not. And honestly, that's like what I'm most worried about. I want to, I want to just like send him to a birthing class because he needs it. So what did you guys like almost teach your husband even? Yeah. So the first, um, the first pregnancy we did an in-person through the hospital and it was kind of an overall course. And they touched on like medicated versus unmedicated, even if you get an epidural to ask for like a peanut ball or different things like that to like continue labor, you know, so it doesn't stall, but they actually had us doing like hands-on, um, positions on the ball and like even him knowing terms, like, um, like 
uh, active labor versus transition and what that looks like in regards to like my pain tolerance or like what I may be saying or doing and just like really prepping birth partners and saying, you know, like whatever they say, like don't take it personal. They're not like saying or doing anything to like make you upset or like to attack you. They're just like trying to communicate what they need in the moment. Um, and so that was like a big reminder that I had to tell Josh. I'm like, if I'm telling you, like, don't do that. It's like in a tone that like I'm upset. It's just like, it doesn't feel good. Right. Like, and, and they were really good about, um, educating, like about like what might work during one contraction might not the next, you know? And so just kind of going with the flow of whatever your partner is saying or doing. Okay. So that was what you did for your first. And the second, you kind of just did like a virtual refresher, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Which was helpful for him too. Cause it had like partner specific things right, too. Right. Um, so I think, I don't know. And even Josh knowing like the ring of fire and like reminding me that I think I mentioned it in the first podcast that I was just like, Oh my gosh, it burns. And he's just like, this is the ring of fire. It's normal. Right. You know, like, and so I was like, okay, it's normal. So just like kind of having him reiterate the things that we had learned was like helpful for me because in that mindset, I'm not even like, I don't know. I can like think, you know, logically. Did you do anything, um, as far as, and I don't know if I asked you this last one either, but as far as like (laughs) dates or like red raspberry leaf tea, things like that also for birth prep. Yep. So I did that for both pregnancies. And so with this last one, I had just started the dates and the red raspberry leaf tea, like 36 weeks. So I was like, just starting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing that. Um, but I did do that with both and Santa came at 38 weeks and Danny came at 37 plus one day. So So you did about a week of the red raspberry leaf tea in the Mm -hmm. days. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's talk, let's just get into your birth story. Tell us about going into labor. Um, just from the start, I guess. Yeah. So, um, it's funny because both births have started in the morning at like three, three thirty AM. Um, and I remember compared to the first one, like I was just so excited, right? Like I was like, Oh my gosh, this is happening. This is really it. Like I called the on-call um, midwife and like, was like checking in and stuff. And this one, this time around, I was like, okay. Like I woke up with, um, kind of like menstrual cramps, which like the last, um, pregnancy, it was like back labor and like a lot of pressure towards my butt. Like I really felt like I had to poop where this one was the, the other, where I was like menstrual cramps. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel crampy. And, um, I woke up telling Josh that, and I had, had a lot of Charlie horses throughout my pregnancy, like in my legs and stuff. So he thought I was just talking about like, Oh, I'm cramping like in my leg or in my calf. I was like, I'm just going to go lay in the other bed, you know, try and relax. And he's like, okay, like still delirious at three 30 in the morning. Um, and I'd actually, um, downloaded this app called gentle birth, um, and like played through a couple of the meditations through that to actually help me kind of relax and sleep as much as I could. Um, because they were coming about like, I don't know, I didn't start timing them really until seven 30, but they were coming like irregularly and it's just like uncomfortable. Like, you know, when you have a menstrual cycle and it's annoying. Um, but yeah, so I probably didn't get up to like seven 30 ish. And then they were, um, I don't know, ranging between like 2017 minutes or so. Um, so I was like, Oh my gosh, I think this is like really happening. (laughs) So I called my, I called my parents because they were going to come watch Sienna, um, probably at like nine. And I was like, you guys should come over. Like, I don't know if it's really happening, but like, I'd rather you be here instead of like in the car as I'm like, I don't know. Trying to get out the door. Yeah. I'm trying to leave. (laughs) 
<laughs> so they, um, they got here around like 11 ish. And, um, I was having to go like in the room and just like bounce on the medicine ball and kind of sway back and forth and things like that. But I didn't want anybody around, um, to kind of cope through that, like initial parts of labor. Like I was like, I just want to be by myself. Like I don't want anybody talking to me and things like that. And I, I was able to, so Sienna goes down around like 1, 1 to take a nap. So we were able to put her down, but contractions really started picking up. I think between like, like right after she'd went down from her nap. So like between 1 and 2. Okay. So I like jumped in the shower and was like trying to cope through it there. And then it was weird. It was, I was like pretty consistently like having, like averaging like 10 or contractions every like 10 minutes. And so my midwife was awesome and actually gave me her number. She's like, I'm not on call, but like, um, if it goes down, like text me and keep me posted and I'll come in if I'm available, you know? Oh, that's so sweet. It was so sweet and like wonderful. Cause I didn't have that last time, you know? Um, and so I text her and she's like, Hey, keep me posted. Like, do you want like the birthing tub and things like that? I was like, if it's available, that would be great. You know, like it, that way I can like have her in there, you know, or at least attempt a water birth this time around. Um, so we weren't able to get it, but, um, she was just like, just keep me posted when you head to the hospital and I'll, I'll head that way too. Yeah. So I felt like I was coping fairly well. And then I think it hit like two o'clock and all of a sudden I felt like I was just like in active labor. Like my like bowels were like clearing themselves out. Like I was on the toilet and like, um, and then like puking and like, I needed like, um, a cold rag and like ice, you know, and my mom was like, you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> like you're going to have this baby. And I'm like, no, no. I was like, I think it, I just like transitioned from like, um, active labor or like early labor to active labor. And I just wasn't like prepped, you know? Right. And she was just like, no, like you need to go, <laughs> like you're struggling, you know? And it, it, I, we, I finally agreed to go after, contractions like hit me like probably every like three to four minutes like I wasn't getting enough of a break to like even move from one room to the next room you know right and so um what time was that at about that you left the house we left the house at 2 30 but yeah I remember like going like from the bathroom to like my kitchen having a contraction from like going down to the stairs to the garage having a contraction and um my poor mom she's like just trying to get us out the door and I'm just like crying and um I just remember it was just like so quick it seriously felt like early labor to transition and I was like crying I was like I can't do it like skipped active I felt like it yeah and I'm sure I didn't right but it just felt super quick and um, I was like, I, I need an epidural. And like, I'm at my house and my mom's like, well, that can't happen here. <laughs> like, and she's like, it's so hard. Cause she's like, I, it's so hard to see like your child in pain and you're like trying to help them get out the door, you know? And um, you for whatever you, need, you saying you needed an epidural is should have been your key that you needed to get in the car <laughs> and go. I know. Well, that's what, for that, that, that's, a, that's not in the beginning normally for somebody who's already labored naturally and having a second baby. Right. Well, Josh was like, yeah, we got like, we got to go. And luckily like, um, we had packed most of our stuff. Like as soon as, um, I'd started contractions in the morning, like we were slowly packing the car. Yeah. For whatever, I don't know if it, the, the transition was just so quick. Like I just couldn't like, 
um, get a hold of myself or like get in a good rhythm. But like I put on um, that gentle birth app and like played it in the car and was able to get in a good rhythm. There was definitely like I still had the ice, like we like took a bowl with like ice in it and a rag for me to do it. And he's like, babe, this is going to be hard. Like, this is probably going to be the hardest part because we're in the car and you can't move positions. But like, I was actually able to get like in a really good rhythm with my contractions in the car, which is like so strange. So yeah, strange. Says no, says no one ever. I know. So with Sienna, it was like the worst part ever. I dread it. most people it is. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just because I could like zone in to like, um, the gentle birthing app and like really listen to the affirmations and everything. And like, there was no other distractions or anything going on. Like I could really just like close my eyes and stuff. But I remember like, there's like, it's Sunday. So there wasn't a lot of people out here in Utah. Like everything's mostly closed on Sundays and things like that. But I just remember like passing cars. I was like, Josh, don't like, don't be right next to a car. So they like, don't look over and I'm like moaning, you know, and I'm like <laughs> low moans. Um, but I felt like um, we were, we made like a really, really great team. Cause he'd be like, you know, go lower or whatever with your moans. And I'd be like, Oh, don't do that. Like, don't say that. Say like, I can't even remember what I would say, but I didn't like like some of the bird verbiage he was using. And so then he would just like adjust to whatever I would say, which was like super awesome of him. Yeah like just being able to do that. So yeah, we left, we were in the car. Um, it takes about like 20, 30 minutes to get up to the hospital. And I totally forgot that there's no, um, valet right now because of COVID. So like there's this parking area and I'm like in the middle of a contraction and, um, we pull up and they were just going to give us a wheelchair. And I was like, I don't want a wheelchair. Like I need to be able to like walk through the hospital and like go, like, I don't want to be like seated. But then we just like sat there for a minute after Josh was like, no, we don't want a wheelchair. And we were sitting like waiting for valet, but it's like self park. <laughs> so so eventually I was just, I was just like, I hate them. Like, why didn't they just tell us that they can park our car? And he's like, I don't know if I asked, I just said like here for a delivery, like, cause he's like trying to help me. But anyways, we ended up parking and getting into the hospital and we got lost. Like Josh is following me and I'm in labor and I'm going to not labor and delivery, um, ED or triage. I was going to like, um, the midwife appointment area, which is like not the same area of the hospital. <laughs> no, wrong area. <laughs> it's closed on Sunday, but um, I'm like, it's the third floor. So we're trying to go up these elevators and the third floor on this section of the hospital is surgery. And so <laughs> we hit like, you know, level three and it takes us to level five, which is internal medicine. And so we get out and like, Josh is like going to go talk to them. And yeah, we're on the opposite side of the hospital. Luckily we get back to the main part of the hospital and we see my midwife and we're like, Josh, like, we're lost. And, uh, we just like, she was with us, um, and like helped us get to triage. But, um, yeah, Josh was able to check in the triage and, um, well, I went into like one of the rooms. So all of the rooms in labor and delivery were full but it didn't matter because by the time I walked, so I walked into the room for a triage and my water broke. Um, and then, and it was so much pressure at that point. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm ready to push. Um, and, and it was, but I think the water, like my water breaking released so much pressure, like all of, I don't know. And I don't remember that last time. I don't remember my water breaking, but it was like so relieving to have it break. Yeah. Um, anyway, but the midwife that was helping me out before mine got into scrubs to deliver, um, helped me like get out of my clothes and get into the scrubs. But I actually like had meconium 
um, with my water when it broke. And she kept saying like, meconium, like we need to get the peds team in here, you know, and like my head, Josh was like in there when she'd said that. And I was like, can she stop saying meconium? Cause like my anxiety, like yeah. just like raised, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, like she might not be okay, but she could be okay. You know? And so Josh was like, I can't tell her that. Like she's communicating with the team. Like they need to know. I was like, I just need her to stop saying that. <laughs> like, and um, my midwife was in there at that point. She's like, she's just doing her job. Just like, listen to me, you know, like she's got to communicate with like everybody else just to make sure like everybody's taken care of and stuff like that. And so I remember um, I got into the hospital gown, but I was like on my knees up against the hospital bed. So I was like on my knees on the ground and then up against the hospital bed, like my arms were. And I was like, I am like going to deliver this baby on the ground. And she's like, whatever, like you feel comfortable doing. Had they checked you yet? Um, so she checked me after I had that contraction. Okay. And, um, she's just like, you can like start pushing here. You can start pushing wherever you want. Like, but it might be a little bit easier on your knees if you're on the bed, you know, instead of like pushing on the hard, like on the hard ground. And so I was like, I was like, okay, like I'll move after this one. Um, and she checked me and I was fully dilated in the face. And, um, I can't remember who she was communicating with, but I was like, she's ready to go. Like, she's like fully dilated. And I was like, so she can come. She's like, yeah, if you like feel the urge to push, like next, the next time you feel the urge to push, like feel free and push. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I was just like not expecting I don't know, to be there already, you know, like we had just gotten into triage and checked in and like, I just, were you still in triage? Yeah. So we just stayed in the room. We just stayed. You said the rooms are full. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, there's no way we're going to get you across the hall, um, either way. So, so yeah, so they, um, um, what was I going to say? There was actually like nine people in there at one point. Cause they had like four people from the peds team in there and then my midwife and then the on-call midwife. And then I think two nurses. Um, one thing that I do remember from the last time was, um, you know, that you, they have to do like the intermittent monitor monitoring or whatever. I hate that. That is so uncomfortable. I don't know what it is about that. I just realized that that's super uncomfortable for me. It doesn't matter whether it's in the water or not, but, um, yeah, I was just like, do you have to do that? And the nurse was like, yeah, I have to, I have to make sure baby's heart rate is, you know, good. And like continues to, I don't know, sound well, while like she's going through the birth canal and things like that, but that is so uncomfortable. I don't know what it is about that pressure right there. Um, but anyways, I don't know. Josh is like, <laughs> this is how Josh describes it. He's like, either when she's like in really like high pain situations or a little bit drunk, she gets a little like funny, like, <laughs> and I was just, <laughs> cause I'm like in the midst, midst pushing and I forget like the pressure of pushing what that feels like. It, it's so funny. Cause I texted so many people. I was like, it is like the biggest, hardest dump or stool that you've ever had in your whole entire <laughs> life. Like that's legit yeah. what it feels like. <laughs> And, uh, I just remember her coming out. I was like, her head better be so big because it's hurt so bad. And uh, my you midwife. still backwards on the bed, like on your knees? Um, so yeah, I was on my knees um, facing the back of the bed. Yeah. So I was okay. hands and knees. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how I delivered. And uh, my midwife was just like, you know, she's going to be perfect. Her head's going to be perfect. Just like Sienna's. I was like, Sienna was not perfect. She came out looking like Josh and like, everybody was just like cracking up. And uh, I can't remember what else I said, but so I pushed for 15 minutes 
So she came out, I think it was like, yeah, a couple of pushes, the, the breaks between the pushes were super nice, but yeah. So the first one, she like was almost there and then like sucked back in. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, stay down, you know, but, um, yeah, my midwife is great. Like definitely like coaching me, like her head's almost there. Like either you can keep pushing or we can try again. So her, her head was like, like I could feel it like, like not fully out, but like mid crown. I don't know what you right. call that. Um, and then she's like, Hey, next one, we've got this. And so after her head was out, the biggest other part is her shoulders, but like that feeling of like the rest of the body, I don't even know how to explain it. It is like the coolest thing in the whole world. I'm like, okay. <laughs> The head and shoulders are like the worst, but like everything else was like it slides out. Yes. And it's so awesome. Like, I don't even know how to describe it, but of course she's like, she like, um, pulls her through and then like pulls her under so I can like pull her up in front of me. And she's like, Hey, you can grab her. But like my gown had covered her. I'm like, where is she? <laughs> I can't find her. And so, um, um, yeah, so that was like, cool. They obviously the peds team was there to check with the meconium and everything like that. She did cry, which was like super nice because I don't think I mentioned this, but with Sienna, like she didn't cry. And so they were worried about like her oxygen and like breathing and things like that, but they didn't do like the delayed cord clamping because they needed to get her over to the peds team, but I was like able to like hold her for a little bit while she like cut the cord and things like that. Um, and then the peds team checked her out and she was fine and so that was like good to hear. Cause I was just like, is she okay? Like, is everything okay? Cause you just like, don't know, like you right. hear like just not horror stories about meconium, but just whenever you like hear something abnormal, I think always like, I was like, okay, I delivered great. But like, is my baby okay now? <laughs> you know, what time um, did you deliver at again? I delivered her at 3.33 PM. Oh my so gosh. we got so you were literally at the hospital for like 30 minutes. <laughs> Yes. So we left the house at two, two got there at three and yeah, I had her at three 33. So <laughs> I'm like, put like being lost in between all that. Yeah. You know? right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, in, and you got lost in the hospital on the way. I know. So, um, that was an awesome thing with Danny that we didn't have with Sienna, which I can't remember if I mentioned in the last podcast or not, but we were able to, Josh and I were able to stay in triage for two hours with her before they, um, um, sent us over to like recovery and things like that. Like we were just able to hold her and hang out with her and do like the golden hour and things like that. Whereas with Sienna, she wasn't breathing or not breathing. She's breathing fine, but they just wanted to monitor her oxygen levels. Cause she didn't come out crying. And Josh actually went with her to the nursery for two hours. And I was like, I was like there afterwards, like, and my sister-in-law stayed with me, which was, I was super grateful, like to have her there with me still, because right. I'm just like, okay, I just delivered my baby, but now I don't get a holder. And I think that's where some of the anxiety came with Danny. I was just like, Hey, you said meconium, but like, is she okay? Like, am I going to be able to hang out with her? Or like, do I have to be by myself for two hours, you know? And so being able to have that with her was like super special. Yeah. And I know, you know, normally meconium is either, you know, caused by like stress. Sometimes it can just be caused by labor in general, if that stresses right. the baby out at all. But I would say the most frequent we see it is in like post-term deliveries, you know, like babies who hit like that 41 weeks and beyond mm -hmm. is, or, or who just, you know, have a little bit of stress during labor. So that's just interesting that you had meconium, even though, you know, you had her a day over term. <laughs> a day past preterm, you know, yeah. but it, it might've just been something in labor. And most of the time babies with meconium do absolutely fine. It's extremely, you know, the, the number of babies born with meconium stain fluid and the numbers of number of babies who actually like have complications from it is extremely minimal. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, normally I know it can be scary though, especially when you have so much things going on. You're like, just stop saying the word meconium. <laughs> and normally yeah. it really is just, it's not a big deal at all. It is extremely common. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I like, I remember just saying that. I was like, can she just stop saying that? Or like, can people just stop talking? Josh is like, I don't think I can tell them to stop talking. <laughs> like, So did another midwife like at the hospital deliver you, but your like midwife who you were seeing for your care still came in, even though she wasn't on. So the midwife was there just on call. So the midwives, I guess, switch whether they're on call or not. And my midwife just came in to deliver my baby, even though she wasn't on call. So they were both there. Oh, yeah. So it was super awesome because she was like, I wasn't able to be there for your first. So I really like want to be there for this one. She's like, especially because you guys are talking about maybe not having another, like, I want to like, I don't know. I've seen you for how many years. Like I want to be there to like help um, coach you and prep you through this. That's awesome. So it was like, it was really awesome that she was able to actually be there because yeah. I, I mean, the first delivery was great and everything, but just like having the provider that you want mm-hmm. makes such a difference. Like her tone is, it was just like so soft, like her eyes she are knows soft. you and you know her, you know, it's right. 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 And it, it was funny because at one point I was like, can I just get the epidural just for her head and then like have it go away? <laughs> like, and she's like, no. No, that's not how it works. Like, and I was like, I just want something to get her head out because it's so big, but she was so tiny. She came out five pounds, um, 12 ounces. Oh, so wow. A little teeny bug. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know, being 37 weeks, I guess that's not like and like not, you know, if she was like 39 weeks and five pounds, that'd probably be a little bit more, but I mean, being 37 weeks, even almost being six pounds, that's not too bad of a size. I mean, are you in preemie clothes? She's in preemie clothes. Okay. Of course. And you probably bought no preemie clothes, did you? (laughs) No, but luckily we've had friends with like preemie babies. And so they like sent over clothes, like overnight, which was like super sweet. I was like, oh, this is so sweet. But yeah, so Sienna was born at 38 weeks and she was six pounds, something ounces. Okay. So that's actually, yeah. Yeah. For her her being born like two weeks or well, a week earlier, even that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, um, I did have a couple people after your, um, first birth story went up, asked me, uh, over my Instagram, like, Oh, what hospital is that? Like they, I think maybe they assumed you were local. Oh. What hospital is that? That has birth tubs. Like, oh. I, was like ah, I hate to like break your guys' hearts, but it's, not, it's here. not here. I know. And I, you know, I don't even think any hospitals that I know of, at least I'm probably wrong, but at least in the Charlotte area, I can tell you no hospitals have birth tubs here. I don't mm-hmm. know about all of North Carolina, except like we have a one birthing center and I'm sure they have tubs and obviously a home right. birth is your other option for a tub, but Right. Every time. Yeah. I hear you say that during both your birth stories. I'm always like, Oh, I always like, that's just so cool that your hospital like allows that and has that available. Yeah, no, I was like, there was like no way I would have gotten to it anyway. So the fact that it wasn't available, wasn't a huge like deal. Oh yeah. You wouldn't have got it filled in time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. So it was, uh, I don't know. Everybody like was like, well, glad you listened to your mom and like left. And I was like, I know, like I was totally like, uh, like you procrastinated the- 30 minutes. Y'all would have been pulled over on the side of the road. <laughs> I know. I know. So yeah, glad we all worked together and figured it out. Yeah, but- it definitely was fast and furious. Just like you said. <laughs> I know. No, it definitely was. And like, I remember you saying, well, Josh had listened to the podcast, you know, and he's like, it's so funny because she was saying, you know, like, don't procrastinate and like, don't wait too long. I did tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm still your last sitting- one pretty fast too. Also for so, um, it was a total of 26 hours from start to finish. So, I mean, but the, the, um, early labor was like, 
it was super long. Like right. I was able to manage way longer. Like they started at, like I said, three, three thirty in the morning. And I don't think we actually went to the hospital. I don't think we checked in till one in the morning the next day. Oh, okay. So I was like managing fairly well till probably about 11 o'clock midnight with and Sienna. This labor in total was right about 12 hours, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. Right about 12 hours. So yeah pretty quick. I know. I was like, and people say that all the time that like, you're like, sometimes your labor, like compared like first to second, like is cut in half, you know, or definitely less. And it definitely was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Second babies. And we always say, I would say in general, second babies are so, so, so much faster. Third babies usually are also in, but sometimes it's like either the third or the fourth one that will throw you for a curveball out of nowhere. Yes. Yeah. And, and, or, and some people, you know, they just progressively get quicker every time, but some people, those third or those fourth ones, second ones always behave. I feel like they're always pretty quick. And then third or fourth, one of them acts up (laughs) and like takes forever. Yep. So that was actually my sister's experience. She just um, had another baby late January and like went full term and she had to get induced, but like her first, um, was a little bit longer and then his second was like cut in half so she's like well I'm hoping that this one's the same and she just like did not want to come out it is so crazy how that works I wish it was just like linear you know I know not easier every time <laughs> then you could kind of time. expect it yep yes yep for sure so tell me about how you, I know you're only three days into your postpartum experience but tell me how that is going um, so, I mean, I, this is like one of the things that I rave about, like unmedicated births is like, I just like feel physically, I feel great. Like I'm obviously tired and things like that, but I'm like able to walk and move and I don't feel as sore. I actually didn't tear at all this time, which was amazing. Um, I did also ask for like warm compress and things like that when I was like pushing, like when things would get uncomfortable, I would ask for those things or like tell Josh and lean over and then he would kind of reiterate. So I think that really helped with that, which I don't know if people just do it like on demand, you know what I mean? Like provide that kind of like, like warm compress. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just depends honestly on the provider. I would say in general, no more. So they just use a lot of like lube or jelly, but that is something that I've I completely agree with very consistently across the board. And I've heard from many women who've had either, you know, a medicated and non-medicated birth is just that the recovery, even if you had the same amount of tearing, you'd almost think it would be harder with the unmedicated because like, you're going to feel everything. And, but I have so many people who will have the same tears and who've done both unmedicated and medicated and will tell you like the recovery from an unmedicated birth is so much easier. And that's just, you'd think it'd be the opposite because you're exhausted. Epidurals, you take naps, you don't feel the pain (laughs) and unmedicated. It's the opposite of that. And still people say it's so much easier. Yeah. I wondered, um, the only reason I would wonder is like with, with the epidural or like any pain meds, it's like, you don't feel it. And then all of a sudden like that wears off. So then like, then do you feel all of it? You know, whereas like, you're able to kind of, I don't know, you're already in a lot of pain. So like the pain only decreases from like having the baby to like recovering, you know, I I feel great, like physically um, walking and things like that. If I do it excessively, um, it's hard, but like, yeah, trying to tell a toddler, like I'm better now because the baby's out, but like, I'm not fully better. (laughs) Like, yeah. So I don't know. She's, she's funny with the whole postpartum thing. Cause she like called my pads diapers or something. Oh, that's great. <laughs> like mom has, mom has diapers. Or, I can't remember <laughs> what she said, but it was really cute. Um, in a toddler way with like postpartum recovery. So 
Yeah, I mean, I feel great this time around. I remember talking a little bit about postpartum depression and anxiety last time. So I was able to, you know, schedule a follow up with a therapist in a couple of weeks because I felt great. I think week two or three, and then it kind of like hit me after that, you know, the honeymoon phase, I think of having like a newborn and then like adjusting to the world and acclimating. So we'll see how it goes, but I definitely feel like I have um, a better plan like for myself that way. And like I said, Josh is off for three weeks. So I'm able to kind of take naps when I need to um, and things like that. And people have been great with like bringing over food and like diaper and like preemie diapers because she's so how is Sienna doing being a big sister oh my gosh she's (laughs) she doesn't understand why she sleeps a lot she'll be like daddy sleeps a lot I'm like yeah she's like I want to hold her I'm like she's sleeping you know but she oh I wish I could have caught it on camera when we got home because she was just so excited and like jumping up and down and she's like it's Danny and like It was just like the sweetest thing ever. And, but then she comes over to my belly. She's like, who's, who's that? Like, like who's in there? You know? And I was like, nobody's in there anymore. Cause she's like, Danny's here. Like who else is in your belly now? Right. Still there. Um, but yeah, she's been great. Um, so far. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think one thing that we'll just have to be mindful of is still like making sure that she has like one-on-one time with us for right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a lot of people's like biggest fear when they go from one to two is like, how am I, I love my first so much. How am I going to do this with another? And I always tell people, especially like even at the hospital, people who are like in labor and are really anxious about like taking another baby home to, you know, one they already have. I always tell them your love doesn't need to divide. It actually like multiplies, you know? So it, I think I mean, I'm not saying it's not hard. I would not know. And I'm sure it is, but that's just something that I always tell people. And I think they're always like, okay, like that makes a lot more sense. Like, cause yeah. their mindset always that, okay, now I have to divide my time and divide my love. And how am I going to do that? And it's not division, it's multiplication. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thankfully she was like really good at self-play and things like that before Danny came. So I wasn't constantly having to entertain her or play with her and things like that. So I think that's super helpful that like, I don't know many two-year-olds that can do that or that do that, you know, it's just kind of been her personality of being able to entertain herself. So that's something that I'm like super, um, super, super grateful for as well is that she just kind of does that on her own. Um, she did get prodi trained right before. So I am worried about the regression, but she was like adamant about it. She like would rip off her diapers and like tell us when she like would poop and she'd be like, I need, you know, I need my diaper changed. I'm like, So it wasn't ideal. So we'll see how that goes too. Yeah. Well, hey, maybe. So you said she is potty trained. Yeah, she's potty yeah. trained. She's maybe there. Maybe she so. regression. You know, you never know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping. So that's awesome. So yeah. tell me. I know you did this in the last episode, and I don't remember what the two were. But I always ask, what are your top two tips or advice for moms or like to be moms? Yeah. Um, I think my biggest thing, at least with second birds would be like, definitely don't wait. Don't, don't push that. Um, especially if you want home birth, (laughs) right, right. Exactly. Or like, especially if you want an epidural, like there was no way I was going to get it like at that point at the hospital. And so I think kind of knowing like what your threshold is and that it might go a little bit faster. Um, 
I think a bigger thing is just like letting yourself rest. That's been kind of my biggest thing is like allowing people to help and things like that. And I remember just asking Josh just recently being like, should I go take a nap? He's like, you go take a nap when you need to take a nap. Like I can, like, I can take care of Sienna, you know, like, don't ask me if you can, like, just go do what you need to do. Yeah. And I think that's like a hard thing just for myself in general is just like making sure like my needs, like even those simple needs of like taking a nap or, you know, like taking a break or anything like that. So like really utilizing like the help that people are willing to offer, which I think some people have a hard time with right now with COVID, but I'm just like your sanity and your well-being, like you need to have that to be a good like parent. So like, I don't know, you kind of have to weigh out your pros and cons and like have good support um, regardless of like the pandemic, which can be scary for some people. Right. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think I've talked about this in a couple podcasts when people tell their postpartum, whenever you get to the part about postpartum, because that is definitely like across the board, a very known thing that women struggle with postpartum is just like, you're exhausted. You have so much going on. There's so much changing things that used to be so simple, like cooking yourself dinner and now are like, seem like impossible tasks because it's just a lot. And not even let alone, you know, your body is healing, your hormones are going through so much. You are not sleeping throughout the night because you have a new baby and letting people help you and like letting people come over and cook for you. And I don't know somebody, I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but they had mentioned um, that they really struggled with letting people come over and like help them. And people would come over and be like, well, what do you want me to do? Like that was, that was me. It was you. And yeah. we talked about making a list, like making yes. a list of things that you need done, whether it be like the dishwasher, the trash, prepping dinner, anything little, like vacuuming the house, making a literal list. So that way when people come over, they can look at that and they can do whatever you need yes. done. Yes, exactly. And that's what um, I had done this time. I was like, okay, Josh is going to be here for three weeks. But then like after that, like I need to really like let people help, you know what I mean? And, and I think it's like, it puts you in a vulnerable position because like, I don't know, you want to be able to do things on your own, but you like legit can't like, I don't know, maybe some people can, but I feel like it would drive me crazy trying to be like super mom and having my house clean and taking care of myself and the toddler. So, um, but yeah, I did do, um, meals again this time, which I think is super helpful, but so many people have, um, dropped food off or given us gift cards. And I was like, okay, we'll use all that while Josh is here. And then like, once he's gone, like we have all the freezer meals we need. So yes, I did see that on your Instagram stories, like a bunch of freezer meals, Yes, a bunch of soups. I was like, what's going to be good for recovery for my body. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, that's also very smart because I think like cooking can be one of the most challenging things. And I even tell people, you know, if you can afford it, like doing a short term, like one of those meal delivery services yes. or whatever, where everything's already like portioned and chopped and all you got to do yes. is really, like, throw it together. That can be super helpful too. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your second birth story. I'm so excited for you guys. I'm so happy. I, I can't believe that it came so quick. I really like you had posted just days before no signs of labor, like literally actually the day before no signs of labor. And then all of a sudden you had a baby. So I was like, wait, what just happened? Yep. Yep. That's what happened. So I know I'm, I'm glad too. And I'm glad I was able to do this earlier. That way everything's kind of fresh in my memory and I could share it and That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming back on the podcast. I love hearing your birth stories every single time. And if you guys have another, I know you mentioned that might be your last, but of course I'll definitely have you back and definitely keep me updated on how you're doing postpartum. I know we always keep in touch through Instagram and everything, but um, tell people where they can find you also one last thing. Yes. So they can find me on empowered underscore Betty. Is that it? 
empowered by Betty. That's what it is. Empowered <laughs> underscored by <laughs> Betty. <laughs> Let me check. Uh, see, there's that postpartum brain. We need to double check. <laughs> it oh, is empowered underscore by underscore Betty. <laughs> there you go. Somebody's going to get it. <laughs> Somebody's going to get it. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's where you can find me. So you were wrong both times. I know. I know. <laughs> we're going to let it slide today. <laughs> Because you're three days postpartum. Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, we will definitely keep in touch. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.